gentlemen, put your hands together now coming to the stage. Maybe I've said too much podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where the ace starts playing. Sorry. Oh, no. Uh, it's going to be that kind of uh, episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to Maybe I've Said Too Much, the Tuesday morning makeout session of Internet Radio. I am your host, Mike Laffey, and I'll be taking you through this merry ride of God knows what we're going to say this evening. And I am joined tonight by two very special friends and an incredibly special guest. I am here with Izzy Swan, of all things IzzySwan.com. Our friend Joel Crawford of the Missing Digit Wood Shop, and special guest joining us, Andy Berkey Hi. of BlameBerkey.com. What? Who let that Young guy in here? Hands together. <laughs> now coming to the stage, Andy Berkey. <laughs> oh yeah! You guys should have locked the door. Andy, were you in a band once? <laughs> I was. I was in a. Let me tell you about this one time at when I was in a band. It was so awesome. <laughs> I was this one time at camp. I was like, "Oh, here we go." Uh, there is not your there is not a guy that I like to bust chops more than Tim Sway. Well, he deserves. Yes, it. he just loves it. Tim Tim is one of my favorite people in the world. Who is not my favorite person in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a better way to say that. So I'm not but, sure um, what you just said, actually, but that's cool. That's typically how we roll. Yeah, yeah that's called the walking back. Is uh, it's just you know, you can say things without saying them. Yeah, if it's, we get through an entire podcast where no one no one understood what we said, we did real good. Truth. Yeah. Truth. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, Andy, uh, you know, you were on the uh, show not that long ago. Nope. Um, you know, feedback was terrible, but we decided we'd uh, we'd try it again. What uh, what you been up to, my friend? Uh, I made bacon waffles this afternoon. I saw that you yeah. son of a. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, it was good, man. We had my wife got home and she was uh, dead hungry, and we just cranked out some quick bacon waffles. Can, can you describe the process for those of us who are pre salivating, uh-huh. so we can get our our full salivation on? Well, standard uh, waffle uh, batter. And then pre-cook some bacon, pretty crispy. Get You got to get that fat pretty much rendered out of there. And um, chop that up super fine and dump it right in the batter. And um, cook those babies up to a golden brown. You still with me, Joel? Uh, I'm, I'm here, but mm. you're going to have to give me just a moment by myself. <laughs> <laughs> in, in fact, I'll, I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> Gentlemen, coming to the stage, crispy bacon waffles. <laughs> Put your hands together. It's come to Jesus time. Oh, well, well, we can say whatever we want over the next 57 minutes because uh, we just lost everybody because everybody's going to eat right now. <laughs> right. Thanks for that. This is, this is awesome. I'm gonna buy. Uh, I'm gonna buy some uh, stock and Waffle House before I uh, before this gets published. You got yes. that right. Um, <laughs> well, and I would say or Bisquick or whoever makes right. whatever the hell. You know. No, no. But um, no, you got to make your own batter, Mike. Come on. Moving on. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Sorry, my mind goes to terrible places. But uh... <laughs> so uh, now I know that uh, the last time you were on the show was not this morning. So some things have had to have happened. <laughs> Say before uh, the the waffles. It just uh, what's been going on in the life of Berkey? I see a lot of. Uh, a lot of stuffs and uh, your new one-minute videos about sticking things to ceilings and stuff. So, what you been, what you been up to? Um, well, it's been uh, you know this time of the year. Um, I do very few outdoor projects, but um, there's always lingering ones that when the weather starts turning, which it is here, um, you know you're under the gun to kind of get those wrapped up and. So I've been uh, doing that, and uh, I just finished kind of a weird, interesting project. It was a um, a, a shooting table for a, an outdoor uh, gun range. Um, so that was pretty cool. What? Nice. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, so like, is that like a the type of table you lay a gun down on type of thing? Is that no? It's it's high. It's uh, forty two inches high, and this one has a steel frame, and I made the the cedar top for it. And what it is, is um, this is what they would lean over and actually fire from on the range. So um, it's got uh, handles so that they can move it up and down range and um, kind of cool. So I did the, wow. did the basic uh, boiled linseed oil on the red cedar and man, it just came to life and was really beautiful. So, Hmm. So they they said there was a. Pr- oh, I was just gonna say that sounds awesome. <laughs> I, to be honest with you, at this moment, I I'm sorry. I we have we have waffles, bacon, and firearms yep. from Andy Berkey. <laughs> and we've, we've introduced strippers. So and, and Mike has thrown in uh, stripper Bambi or stripper Alexis. I can't remember I which listen, one. I don't. Yeah, we don't. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever's on their ten ninety nine, and then. Uh, <laughs> I think I think this is going to be a great show, guys. I I don't know about you. Well, it even gets uh, better, Joel. To, to be honest. Um, oh, did you steal a car again? <laughs> uh, that that was never proven. <laughs> there was never charges filed on I'm that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That wasn't real. <laughs> no, but I can finally say I've been uh, ultra busy in the shop. Uh, not only with my own stuff, but I can finally say that I've been working on a long-term as a long-term tester for uh the origin shaper and um i can that's that cool uh uh handheld cnc router correct that's exactly what it is so um i've been working with them with their product development guys and have really enjoyed that process um and they said that i could go ahead and announce that uh tomorrow morning the very first units from the, the first batch of pre-orders will be arriving on people's doorsteps tomorrow. So all heck should be breaking loose. Awesome. So it's, it's been, it has been so fun to be on the ground floor of that to, um, can you just, can you describe it a little bit for the two people that haven't heard about it yet? Well, what, what it is basically is it looks like, um, a router, but it has an onboard, uh, camera and, um, a system where either by Wi-Fi or um, USB stick, you can input designs, and it's a it's a handheld CNC machine. And um, 
I've just been, I mean, my weak, uh, weakness is in the, in the computer design, but, um, it has been pretty cool. I think they gave it to me cause they figured I would break the user interface <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and they've had to like talk me off the ledge a couple times. So it's been pretty fun. <laughs> I think, you know, these guys are engineers and computer an guys and all that. And then they've got Burke. Then they give one of these things to Berkey to, they told me to go ahead and try to break the it. 200 pound gorilla. <laughs> it's like, you guys are idiots, but man, I'm going to do it. So you've been, uh, you've been working on that for about a year now, haven't you? Um, Isn't that when you first started off with those guys? Well, that's when I first kind of made contact with them. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and then um, we got the unit here in the shop about a month ago, or actually it was a longer term thing than that. Um, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to have been on the, on the ground floor and to kind of, you know, help them make dumb it down enough for guys like me to use. So, uh, pretty, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, it and is. for the people in their legal team, um, I don't have any knowledge that he's been doing it for a year. I just remember a year ago he got one. So that was the, uh. That's where that came from. So if anyone was wondering, he didn't secretly tell me, hey, I'm working on this really cool thing because that didn't happen. But I remember him getting one in a video in an airport. Yeah, no, that there's something. Yeah, that was um, uh, a bunch of guys in the in the community got together and um, and uh, did a GoFundMe for uh, a pre-order. So I don't actually have uh, the one that I ordered. Uh, it's it's in the pipeline somewhere, but what these guys are doing is they are literally grabbing these things off of the production line and stuffing in boxes, so people will uh, be able to to get them. As they're not going to be you know four bazillion of them shipped out tomorrow, but they're they're literally putting them in boxes while they're still warm. Nice. Mm, that's awesome, dude. So good to yeah, know. The concept of that thing was pretty awesome. So it's uh, that's exciting. <laughs> so it is. I mean, I mean to see just another thing I wasn't a part of. I'll just sit here sulking and being jealous. <laughs> you know, I have to say though, for for having craftsmen on the show, there is now literally all four of us have CNCs. Yeah, that's weird. Izzy has one. Mike has one. Berkey has one. I have one, but I want to remind everybody, mine's the biggest. <laughs> mine's the smallest. Yeah, but, <laughs> but mine is the most used. That's it. I got to get a bigger CNC. Wait, now. are we talking about CNC machines or something else? Because I don't know which one I just answered. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, what uh, have you been up to? Me? Yeah. Um, I've been, you know, I've been CNCing. Um, if that's a, is that a term? I don't know if it's a, it's a term now. Welcome to Urban Dictionary or wherever they publish that stuff. Um, I'm sure it has a completely different definition. I hope it does. Um, but so and and I just want to uh, for those of you who heard our last episode, the uh, the real talk episode. Um, I just wanted to take a few moments here just to uh, for everybody that took the time to send us a message, um, comment get to us, let us know what was going on with you. Um, a lot of people, you know, really, really strong feedback from that episode. So um, I think what a lot of people were finding out is that, uh, you know, even though you feel like you're alone and you're the only one going through 
pretty much everything and thinking it kind of only happens to you. There's always somebody out there dealing with pretty much the same exact thing. Um, you know, life seems to suck for all of us in groups <laughs> from what I can see. Um, and, you know, I said in that episode that I didn't really know the cure, uh, you know, for, for kind of being stuck. And, and I've been given a little light in that. Um, apparently, uh, and, and this actually, we'll talk about this a little bit in our episode tonight, but the, uh, one of the keys to sort of the success of getting past all that is uh, find a way to be giving and generous. Uh, it, it has a way of sort of changing your uh, just everything inside of you. Um, we've got a event scheduled for work where my office and my job, my real job during the day, um, is partnering up with this company, and they go out and they build um, like kids who they you know who are sick. Um, you know, they, uh, I think 16,000 children are diagnosed with some type of childhood cancer every year. And this company goes out and they redo, um, they'll do like, uh, childhood, like play sets and then they redo their bedrooms and all this other stuff. So, um, we're partnering with them going into the next year so that we can do, uh, we can give like gift bags to them when they, you know, when they find out that something's going on terrible with their kid, they, you know, they have these backpacks essentially, or, you know, bags that they give them that have, two days worth of stuff. Cause when you find that out, apparently they just whisk you upstairs and you know, you're, you're, you're going through all these different, you know, things and parents don't have a chance to go home. So they give you these bags that, you know, have all this stuff you can live on for two days. And then they go to their houses and they want to redo, um, they, they do swing sets and they do all this other stuff. And we, my entire family volunteered, um, uh, to go this Saturday to help build this outdoor play set. Um, and I'm very proud of my children. Cause when they found out about it, uh, they really wanted to be a part of this. My oldest daughter actually um, had her schedule redone at work, so she could uh, so she could come be with us in the morning and then go to work afterwards. So, um, very very proud of my kids for that. Uh, you know that was just this, it's amazing, and uh, you know doing good makes you feel good. Feeling good changes a lot of things. So uh, if you're if you're down, you're out, and things are weird, um, you know find an outlet uh, that you know in a way that you can be. Uh, you know, somebody else's light and you'd be surprised how much light that kind of brings out in you. So just a little, uh, little tip for me. And, uh, you know, as far as what I've been up to, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> a, a, a little, uh, just the tip from Miyagi Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah, Izzy, what have you been up to, uh, up there in the, uh, the frozen tundra of Michigan. <laughs> Funny you should say that. I spent uh, most of my morning this morning figuring out how to get some heat in the, uh, Space. So <laughs> your your hot tubes yeah, are my landlord bless his heart. He's got this giant, I mean like mag magnanimous torpedo heater that thing's three and a half feet long, fourteen inches in diameter. It works on propane or um or natural gas. And uh I was asking around about where I could find a torpedo heater. So I got one. So uh, we held that over there and I got a hundred pound bottle of propane and uh, spend an hour trying to get it to work, and apparently the regulator on the machine is bad. So then I went back on the hunt, and I found a kerosene heater here at the shop uh, that wasn't quite big enough, just enough to take the edge off. That worked great for about three hours, and then it just quit working. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after that, I came back, and I found this, uh, you know, I'm, here I am sitting with a 100-pound cylinder of propane, I got another, uh, it's, a, it's more of a radiant heater than anything else, but um, I got that over there and that fired that thing up and it's working at about half, it's half a function, but it's actually enough to take the edge off. So it's been a 
little bit more pleasant being out in the space. And in fact, after we're done here, I've got a few more hours to put in tonight. So I'll be, I left the propane heater on in an empty shop and I'm feeling really bad about <laughs> nice. that right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, uh, Those I, things don't smell bad at all, by the I, way. I can, uh, I can tell you, Izzy, the way that we keep warm in our shop is when everybody's feeling cold and a little, little depressed. <laughs> no, we don't open the door. Uh, I, I take my stack of bills and I light them on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Works every time. Everybody feels much yeah, right. better. Beautiful. Oh, hey, that's the kind of warmth that starts but, on the um, inside. That's right. <laughs> you guys are not. So no. <laughs> we got the, we got some heat over there. Got the edge off. I ran our first, um, the first today, the big CNC did his first paid job, which was cool. Just a small thing to do a small job, but, um, so he did that, and uh, Levrack sent us uh, sent the school a uh, really nice uh, storage, you know, pallet rack system. So I got to play with that a little bit today, and still working on my giant gear driven drawing machine. That's about wrapping up, and I've got a couple other. Nice. I'm designing and building a machine for a, a furniture line that I'm designing. There's a particular component of this furniture design that I'm going to need to produce tons of. Um, so I'm kind of developing a build and concept around that, and. I work with a little, a little bit with ArborTech, and bless their hearts, they sent me a couple of things a while back that are actually. I think these are ones I bought back in January. Yeah, they are. So I paid for these back in January, uh, and they're going to work perfect for this machine. So I'm actually going to build a machine out of some of uh, ArborTech's uh, stuff to make this. Component. No way. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm looking forward to. Is this bowling balls that you're putting in furniture? Is this going to be? Is that what you're doing? You, could, like you know what? Hey, honestly, it's like. Kind of like a really small little bowling ball that um, I'm going to be making, uh, but the machine needs to be multi-purpose because I have to make several several components Thanks. of different. Can, can I? Yes, you can. Is, well, I, I because you're saying ArborTech, and I know ArborTech for extremely aggressive, uh, like angle grinder blades for wood. Yeah, that you're talking about uh, the turbo plane. Yes. Yeah, like the turbo planes, and they have the the chainsaw ones, no. right? The the they originally no. designed that. The the guy that designed the planer blade actually originally designed that. What now King Arthur the stole and sells as right. the King Arthur thing. Um, that was a that was his that was originally the the same guy that designed the um the Arbortech. Uh, originally, it was his design was the chainsaw thing. Um, but but I'm I'm still going back that you're making a machine that has these like wicked blades on them that are insanely aggressive and sharp have you right? ever watched my channel before ever I'm just well, no no, no. I, i'm just i'm just is this the time that i should be prepping like is this the point where the where the machines come alive no 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 sky and and by prepping you mean uh learning first aid and cpr no, and taking trips to northern michigan <laughs> right, right no this is uh <laughs> then yes you when, should be prepping this would be on the relatively safe side of stuff that i've done um that is not safe at all, boys and girls, by the way. That did not sound good, Izzy. All right, yeah. let me let Dangling me put it to you this way. Let me let me put it a little different. I would safe. I would very comfortably let my fourteen year old son use this machine when I'm done. Still not safe, <laughs> by the way. I'm just yeah. Well, and and Izzy, I I hope you have uh I, I hope the audit of your shop from OSHA in Wyoming is <laughs> is goes well for you, sir. 
yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so that'll be a fun build. That's that's about you know that we're um, slowly picking away at getting the insulation up and some more drywall. And um, I've been uh, kind of hemming and hawing over designs, you know, because I, I really want this space to be something special. So as this this is kind of our our pilot space, our launch space. I'm I really want to put some effort into the design of this and uh, make it something. You got to have a loft and a bar, right? Like, there's got to be. There's a loft, a loft and, a and there. there is a coffee bar. So, oh, not really the thing I'm thinking, but well, a waffle yeah. bar, uh, oh. bacon waffle bar, maybe after Andy's little conversation. There. Yes. <laughs> I know. Is anybody like else hungry Mike. now? I'm ready for some food. Yeah. Gentlemen, put your hands together. Coming to the stage, waffle bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's never a good thing. When it's By the way, I'm probably like going to keep doing that. If you're annoyed by it, you might want to turn the show off already because I got a he's got a thing people tick over this. All of a sudden, I don't know what. <laughs> we'll just we'll just as he will consider your place uh, BYOB uh, for the people that both work there and the students that you're going to invite there. They should really bring their own bourbon. Yeah, I, I don't know point. that I'm ever letting oh. you guys in the door. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was talking Dude, about I mean, bringing got... his own bacon. Oh, bacon. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, bacon too. <laughs> Which he did at my shop the last time Joel was at my shop. He did bring his own yeah, bacon. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you I guys did. can come and drink your bourbon, but I'm not giving you the safety codes to any of the tools. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, codes. codes to be able to turn on the machinery, so. Dude, every single one of those codes is IZZY, so you don't have to give them to me. <laughs> Dang it! Oh, I gotta change it There's now. There's no Damn chance it. that there are anything else. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and change it to SWAN. I can still figure it out. <laughs> you just ruined Izzy's morning tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, anybody that's got a text message from Izzy knows that spelling is not on, his, uh, on the upper echelon of his priority. That guy has really big fingers. It's taken. It's taken. We're we're what about a year in doing this, this this show at this point. I mean, it feels like it, but yeah, they're um, it's uh, it's taken me about uh, half of that time to learn to speak yeah. Izzy. So. It's actually, it's, I'm well, not. I, I'm not great at. I'm really not great at grammar, spelling, or or punctuation or any of that crap. Well, he doesn't talk to moreover bullshit that never translates right. So that's what the that's well. Moreover, my thumbs are huge, so I don't. And I get. You know, I'm so I don't go back and try and correct things because trying to move that little tiny cursor thingy around with my thumb. Yeah, that's just like it. I mean, that's like watching somebody play whack a mole. It just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Keyboard whack a mole. Your big sausage fingers looking for the yeah, apostrophe. Like, yeah, it's Nothing not gonna happen. And you know, I get. I mean, I I got gotten so bad about it. Like sometime on Instagram posts, I'll be like, eh, just put it up, and I'll get comments <laughs> like, dude. You know, read your post before you put them up. I went, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I did. So, <laughs> well, the best is the best is when you when you're reading your when you do that talk to text, and then like you can see where you screwed up, and you actually like it says, whoops. You know, you know when 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 Izzy gets he gave up right here. Yep. He gave up there. The so when Izzy gets big enough where he has to hire a marketing team for him, you will know exactly the day. <laughs> like like the oh, day. Yeah. Like everything will have like apostrophes and punctuation <laughs> and and words will actually make sense where they're it's, placed. That's, that's when the subscriber count will start to drop. Right. <laughs> right. This is not authentic. I want to misspelling. 
I miss the old days. Way too many prepositional well, phrases in this. I, it's this it's is, funny yeah, that you guys are talking about this. I got a comment the other day. This this gentleman once in a while will comment on my Facebook posts or whatever. Uh, you misspelled that or this wasn't the correct use of this word or whatever. And I just, you know, and I finally, oh, I don't, I just normally ignore it because I don't care. But I finally just got, I mean, it struck me as really funny that this guy's been following me for a long time. He's a great guy. I love him to death. I just think he's one of those folks that really have an issue with grammar. And, um, which is fine. I mean, everybody's got their shtick. Yeah, I don't, you know, easy. I don't hold that against anybody. I like to build robots and gears. Um, <laughs> I, I finally commented back. I said, you know, man, I, I love that you've been with me for so long and you're a really awesome, great guy. I said, but you're going to be correcting me forever. You know that, right? Because <laughs> <So laughs> <laughs> I'm not changing. I'm just not. Zeal with it. <laughs> and, well, yeah, that's... uh. Yeah, I, I get to, uh, of all the spices in the world, I choose to be salty when it comes to people who correct your grammar. Uh, you know, I, I don't hold it against yeah. anybody. It is what it is. You know, I, I mean. You held it against me that one which time. Which one time? What were huh? we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about Actually, grammar Mike, I think other things, man. Jeez, get it right. Oh, that, never mind. I'll tell you, all right, I'll edit that out. I'm no, sorry. I, you know, it I, is what I it think is. you actually just did a dangling participle we probably there, lost Mike. we probably had uh, we probably had a, a listener that probably left us now because of the whole grammar thing but yeah we if a, if a listener left us over that we, we didn't well it, it becomes a press you have to set a precedence for yourself you know and it for me it's time it's no, always time what 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 has value for me to spend time on and to correct a few misspellings or using eight instead of the letter i because it's right above the freaking i you get the eight in there all the time <laughs> Anyway, I, I just don't, you know, it doesn't matter. People are going to be able to read it and they'll decipher what it means. Fine. If they can decipher it, if it's decipherable by an average intelligent person, I'll put it up. So, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see here. So I, we're 30 minutes in at this point. So um, I, I, we had a Don't listener, do it. Um, don't do it. You for- I'm not sure what we're doing. You, you forgot me. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this, so oh, this is the okay, third so time you've forgotten me. Another yeah, well, I'm In my defense, I want to I explain. Joel just got the, the people who don't know. The people who don't know, when we record, we use this a combination of one or two shitty websites that apparently don't have to work, but it'll still take your money. So, um, And they show, you know, when you talk, it actually shows little... Um, line graphs that you know tell you okay this guy's been talking and here's so Joel almost never talks in the you know in, in the beginning of the podcast and the he's got a whole uh, a whole graph of you know words showing up on here so when I looked out I just sort of assumed that he'd said whatever he was going to say at this point because there's never that much green by his name so I that, so I apologize I didn't realize that we didn't ask you I just saw a lot of green there <laughs> well, so, well ask me. So, uh, Joel, what you been up to? Yeah, not much. <laughs> nice, Joel. Nice. Joel is the Joel is the carrier of the words here. So, uh, no, Joel, no, I'd... this is this is your super busy time right now. <laughs> this, 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 thank you for leading into that. Yes, uh, we have a uh, an army of Spartans that we're making. Uh, currently to load up for November sales and hopefully into December. Actually, hopefully they sell out in November, but, uh, but with any luck, they will kind of uh, make do 
with what we are building now. And that's about it. I mean, same old, same old. We've been doing financial stuff and kind of doing that this year. This year was the the year of getting all our stuff proper. I don't know how better to explain that. When you launch a small business, unless you're like a bookkeeper, like in a past life, like bookkeeping, and I don't, I'm assuming Izzy could probably tell you a little about this, is like the last thing on your mind. You're like, is there money in the account? Great, let's buy supplies, you know? Mm-hmm. And and is there money coming in? Great, that's awesome. Then we can actually pay people on like light bills and things. And you just kind of rolling until you kind of level off a little bit and you get the feel of things. So this is the year that we did, you know, we, we basically did the the let's go through all our receipts. Let's see where we're spending the money. Let's see where we can, you know, tighten up on the things we shouldn't have to do and, and put money towards things that matter, you know, all the, all that stuff. So today, like, like we're working with a bank, um, for the business, uh, to allow us to do a line of credit, which allows us to make larger purchases, thus getting better discounts. But, you know, like a lot of people, you pay for your stuff up front and you sell it later. And so we don't always have that cash coming in. So this will help with that a little bit, but that's about it. Everything's pretty normal, but we're just, we're kind of, you know, washing the windows and sticking things in drawers instead of garbage cans, uh, apparently uh, is the proper place for bills and things. Nice. Uh, and, uh, and making lots of stuff to sell for Christmas. Hmm. So Joel, at this point, are you guys just, uh, shipping stuff or are you, do you still, are you still making Spartans to be delivered before Christmas? Oh yeah. So, so we, we run, um, so, uh, so the, the process is that we bring in raw wood, we go through the cutting process and then in the cutting process, by the way, for those of you who, who naysay CNC's, uh, most of our stuff is done on the CNC. It is the least effort like put forward. Like I could hire a guy and put him on the bandsaw with some skill and he would do just about the same production, but I have a machine. So the rest of it, the skilled stuff, the important stuff is the exorbitant amount of time that we do in finishing, mm-hmm. uh, sanding and, and rounding over edges and sanding again and sanding a fifth time and, you know, spray booth. Um, so yeah, we're in full production all the way through the season to keep up with it. But the idea is that we want to make sure that at the beginning, like now at the beginning of November, we have like X number of units at Amazon's warehouses or in stock at our own uh, warehouse here to have as the orders come in. That way we aren't backlogged. Like I won't, like last year we got behind. So there would be a day that we'd wake up and all of a sudden we are now 50 or 60 like special edition Spartans, which are maple and walnut behind. I have a clipboard hanging on the wall with all the orders that need to be shipped that day. And so everybody's working like 12 hour shifts. Wow. And we're having the mail guy come back, you know, or we're running to the depot um, to get these things out because there's time limits that we, we have to get this stuff out to customers. You know, Amazon's, you know, they're kind of bossy about that. So, and then our own stuff that comes in. Right, right. Everybody wants, you know, if you pay for two days, by gosh, you should have it in two days. So, uh, so yeah, so we would have, we would have 
boards full of, you know, I just, in the morning, I'd print, start printing everything out and call tags and everything else that needed to be done, hang them on boards. There's six or seven boards that hang up on the next to the door at the shop and they would all be thick. There would be page pal orders and beer flight orders and various different types of Spartans and there'd be cutting boards and all the other things that come through. And it got a little scary last year. So this year we started a month early, just loading up boxes and just, just hitting it like we were in the rush already. So that's, that's this year. And hopefully it pays off by not, you know, having seizures when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> that's fascinating well, stuff. With your sales being up as much as they are too. I mean, that, that's really a pretty smart move. Well, we, we hope that they continue. It's, it's very weird on, on holiday sales. They are a kind of a, uh, an enigma in themselves. Yeah. They aren't super representative of the rest of the year. So it could be that people are getting nervous about one thing or another, or there's change in government, or there's, you know, some, you know, one industry or another is doing, you know, it, who can ever tell. Mm-hmm. And so the, the end result is that we look at, you know, we hope to do as much as we did last year with any luck. We'll hope to do 20% more than that because that's what on average, you know, I, I think would be a good place to be. Wow. Well, the, uh, the, the, so the topic that, uh, you know, that kind of, kind of leads into that is the, um, uh, one of our listeners, uh, Mr. Red Smith, who, by the way, sends me probably one message a week. Uh, just commenting on something we did good or something is he did terrible that I never feed, you know, give him feedback on, which, um, shame on you, Red. How, how dare you? Um, actually, he doesn't do that. But so, well, to be fair, to be fair, right now he's using French words to punch his iPhone or I whatever don't, they use yeah, out in France. I, to, make, to make everybody aware who's listening, Mr. Red Smith is a very well, and I mean very well educated, highly intelligent individual. So he has every right to, you know, give me a hard time. <laughs> All right. And for the same record, he doesn't do any of that. But, um, but basically, just to kind of piggyback on what Joe was kind of talking about there is um, Red had asked us to. Um, so his, his message to us was, if you know, could you discuss failure and success in the making process? And to some extent, you know, what it's like making it out of your comfort zone. Um, and what Joel was just talking about is kind of a perfect segue into that, because um you know, he, he's, he's been out of his comfort zone for a little while, or at least he thought it. Now, all of a sudden that, that comfort zone, you know, is, is <laughs> changes daily based on sales graphs right in front of his face. So, um, so yeah, so just, uh, I, that we kind of, uh, we never, we didn't really talk about it beforehand, but to just kind of, um, you know, as far as, you know, failure, success, um, you know, I, what what really is the biggest difference between the two, right? So, I mean, all of you guys do this for a living um, or have done it for a living or whatever. I'm the only person who doesn't. So, um, you know, your your input is probably the most valuable. You know, Andy, I mean, you've been doing this for ever. You do some really complex and sort of weird stuff. The what's the, what's the, <laughs> what is the truth? <laughs> and waffles filled with bacon. Yeah. Um, yeah. God. That makes it just turns me on every time I say that. But um, so yeah, you know what is the what's the biggest difference between you know failure and success for you? You know whether it be in your business making in general, just just sort of all and and also you know what kind of brought you out of um, you know either out of or into your comfort zone when it came to you know doing this for a living. 
Well, you know, gosh, this is this is an interesting concept because this is a two-edged sword. Um, kind of the the glory of it and the the heartbreak in the same <clears throat> the same setup. I I really feel like uh, personally, if I am in a comfort zone for more than a week, I start getting weird and <clears throat> weirder. And so for me personally, I'm not sure that I'm, a, <laughs> I'm way good to be uh, putting this out there for the general, general consumption, but, but I have to be hanging out with my, you know, pants down three quarters of the time because uh, if if I'm if I don't have that adrenaline rush of not knowing what I'm doing at some level, um, I, I just I lose it. So, um, yeah, it, I don't know, Izzy. I know we've talked about this. Yeah, and you know, Andy, you have a you really unique personality. You know, in in the, you know the fact that your your attention to detail is uh, probably one of the scariest I've ever seen. Um, Right down to truth. right down. I mean, I, I had a chance to check out some of Andy's work here recently um, and, and right down to like making paint look like it was gold foil, you know, just the grain of the paint. Uh, his, his attention to detail is insane. So I imagine with, you know, with a mind like yours um, doing anything monotonous or repetitive or, hey, I've done this before can get a little bit. um um, humdrum and uh you know so y you know i've but your skill set is incredible and your attention to detail is is one of the most intense i've ever seen and uh it's crazy and for those of you out there I, I wish i could articulate and i'm not i'm not real good at articulating certain things and this happens to be one of them but andy andy is probably one of the best i've ever seen and that's saying a lot so, geez, dude, come on, man. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'd like to say something here real quick. If I can jump in, I don't like the word failure and there's, and I, I know it sounds like a, you know, a bumper sticker or, um, <laughs> or, uh, you know, it's like you see a picture of the ocean with a sunset behind it and you read the little saying on it. If failure is a really bad term because in woodworking, in creating in the creative process across the board, there's really, it's just a learning lesson. We have, we learn things when we don't, when they don't work out like we want them to. So I, I don't really like the word failure because you know, failures like I, I didn't pay my bill on time or something. You failed. Um, this is, we learn from, from frustration, from, from making those, you know, decisions or doing those things that didn't quite work out like we wanted them to. So, I don't look at it as a, I really have got to the point in my life where I, I don't think anything that I do in the creative process is a failure. It's just, Hey, I learned a new, a new way not to do something or a new way that turned out, Hey, this is pretty cool. <laughs> it's not the way I intended it, but Hey, I like it. Um, so I, I hate that term failure because it's not really, it's not really, uh, indicative to what we do. It's just another learning process. So, um, yeah, well, it, it, you know, Kind of along those lines there, one of the things um, when I saw this topic, you know, I mean, I, I actually I, I have this conversation with people pretty, pretty regularly, oddly enough. But 
in your life, I mean, you've got, you know, there, there's certain boundaries and certain expectations that you have to set and you have to um, have for other people, right? So, um, you know, you kind of, you know, your happiness and sort of the things that you're going to do and the, the, the details that you're going to sort of lay out for yourself, um, you, you have to know what that is, first of all, right? So, um, I mean, as far as the... Um, <laughs> Figure out what you want, right? And, and and you have to have that to have any type of success. Failure is the things that happen along the way that get you there, right? So because you, there's no way that you're going to build a successful business or do something, um, you know, with any intention that isn't going to lead you to some type of failure. You, you know, it's just not going to happen. I, I'm not afraid of the word failure. Um, I actually like the thought that... Um, you know, it's the, the guy on uh, Mythbusters always said failure is always an option. I, I love that. You know, it's just because it's yeah. just a reminder that, you know, this whole thing could blow up in your face at any minute. Right. So but you have the expectation of yourself that, you, you know, you're going to fail. Have the expectation of people around you. You know, what do they want to um, what do they want to give back? You know, what do you expect from people, whether it's your customers, the people you, you know, you help the the you know, whatever that case may be. And, and you have to have those things. You have to have those expectations and you can't be terrified to, you know, fall on your face. Cause that's, you, you have to do that to have success. You just, you have yeah. to, you don't have a choice yeah. in that. Right. I mean, oh, I agree show me you. one person in successful business that hasn't, hasn't completely blown up at some point. You know I mean? It's just, I've, I've never even heard of that, let alone, you know, know somebody that. Right. Way. And I, I agree so, with what you're saying, Mike, I, I, what I'm talking about is, Hey, I'm building this thing. I want it to look like this. I want it to work like this. And it didn't quite work out like I anticipated. That is what I'm talking about. Oh, oh and the thing is, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm sort of, this is in addition to gotcha. what you were okay. saying. I mean, it's, a, it's not, this isn't a contrary point. So well, um, I think, I think what you're talking about really is as long as that term failure is not an, a, a full stop, as long as that's not the end of the sentence. What Izzy is saying, I think well, is this is a comma. Yeah. yeah this is. A, and here's a, I, I, I go back. That's, to, a, that's a great way to put yeah, it. Yeah, it really is. And, and he, well, here's one of the reasons why I have this, this, uh, uh, you know, mindset. My mother used to keep this cartoon and it was a cartoon clipping out of a newspaper. There's a guy like stiff as a board leaning against the wall. And it's and the, the, it, the caption was paralyzed by the fear of failure. And that happens so often. I have a very good friend of mine who will sometimes just not attempt something because they're afraid that if they can't do it or it's not going to work. And you know what? It may not, but don't let it stop you from trying. And, and we're talking about builds here. We're not, I'm not talking about starting a business or, or any of that. I'm talking about, you know, creating something. Uh, and that's why I think I think of that whenever I hear the word failure, I see this person completely paralyzed because they're afraid that they're going to, you know, screw up. Well, I, you know, put that to rest, because I promise you, if you go out to your garage or you sit down in front of your table and you try to build something you've never done before, you're going to screw up. <laughs> it's it's inevitable. You know, it, it, that's just part of the process. 
So, you know, don't, I, when I hear the word failure, it's like, it, it kind of, it, I guess it puts me on edge when we're talking about the creative process and that, you know, that's not what this is about. Um, the, you know, so I, I don't want to get too deep into this rabbit hole. I just kind of wanted to explain why I don't like that term when it comes to the creative process. It's, you know, we learn from everything we do. And when we step out of that comfort zone, which Andy does, Andy, you know, when Andy said, I'm not, might not be the best person talk about this i think andy probably is one of the best people to talk about it because he's constantly out of his comfort zone he does it to himself on purpose so he is constantly (laughs) learning things he's constantly learning ways that don't work um you know and ways that do work but that andy's like the prime example of why um of why those things are good for for you know it's good to go through frustrations it's good to go through the the um the heartache of making uh you know a mistake or learning something that didn't work because you 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 bank that and for the next time you know you're you're good so it's like anything else we do in this world i mean when we were in when we were in kindergarten we learned you know how to spell the or spot we learned <laughs> what order the words you know you they'll put the letters in and how to sound it all out and in the creative process is the same way uh you sometimes you have to make mistakes in the process you you know you put one step in, in front of the other and you you know screw up and you learn so um but uh, that's why it, you know uh that's why i think stopping for a moment and in kind of viewing how you look at the next project and if you are stepping out of your comfort zone and are you going to you know get to that point where you're going to deal with some frustrations because it's not turning out like you want it to the answer is yes it's going to happen um but you get around that you get around that by you know get excited about it because you're about to learn you know ways that do and don't work and when you bank those things it, it it turns you into a better craft person a better maker a better creator uh, it, it's just you start banking all this information and all this knowledge and all this experience and you know you put all those things together and you go through those frustrations for 10 20 years and you become you know you know 10 20 times the creator you were when you started and that's just part of the process so be excited about get excited about failure truth jason i i think that's that's what it's about is actually uh, plan to go there, push, push things further than they're probably going to work. Yep. I can, I can mention something about failure (laughs) or two. Um, I think it's a, I think it's the stop. Like if you have an idea and, uh, you make a, like a version of it, if it's a physical thing, and it doesn't work out for you or the way you wanted it to do then if you don't if you don't continue on if you don't try to revise what you do if you don't try to make those changes if you don't try to tweak then then you've made a decision to stop doing that thing i think that's really the definition of failure there's no person in this world who's come up with well maybe the guy that did the pet rock but there's nobody in this world that (laughs) that comes up with an idea and says oh my god this is it in totality you know how many times has facebook redone itself you know from the time it launched 
there's there's always an evolution of things. So when we look at a product, or at least when I look at something that we do in a shop, it's a matter of, okay, we have this idea. Can we make it work? And then we do the whole sourcing of things and trying to get the boxes and everything else to go with it. And then I start making the prototypes of it. And then I fail and I fail again and I fail again, but I don't stop. So it's not a failure. So the end result is that it's just a problem and problems just need fixing. And that's what you do. If you're passionate about something, if you see something, if it's a thing that strikes you, that, 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 that drives you, then, then you should be crushed when it does not work. But you should not feel like a failure because it doesn't work. You should move on to plan B and you should get plan A tweaked and keep going. And expect to be on plan W at some point along right. the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> so- so there's now, Andy. Andy, it sounds like you have a little bit of a different approach, though. Is that because like, for you, it's basically it's not stepping out of you. It sound like you have to exist not anywhere near your comfort zone, really, at any point. You you just have to always sort of be on that that adrenaline edge to to kind of keep going. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think that's that's basically. I mean, adrenaline is probably not the right chemical in my brain that we're talking about, but. There is that level of um, uncom. I, I don't know. I just I just have to be kind of hanging it out on the edge um, as a way of. That's where I'm comfortable. Un- being uncomfortable is where I'm comfortable. Yeah. Which is it's is discovery, just, I, Andy. You're, you're so you're yeah. so in the chaos is basically where you where you find the most comfort. Is that is that that's pretty that's, much. That's it. These guys, both Joel and, and Izzy have been in the shop. It's not a tidy place. It's not, there's not a place for everything because it's very much representative of my work. It's dusty and sort of just the tool, the best tool is the one that's laying on the bench. That's what I'm going to pick up and use. And and that might be a taco. No, that would be on the table saw. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, yeah, Andy. Exactly. I think that's that's a very indicative of the. I think you're you. I th- I think we could all agree that you're predominantly an artist, and I think you find creativity in that chaos. Uh, whether it's it's to fix a problem or to add something of quality to it. But I, I know your, pro- I mean, I've seen your projects. I've seen your evolution of things. I've seen that, you, you know, that's the prime example is that you made a desk and it looked very much like an Airstream trailer um, by the time you were done with it, which was awesome. Right. So, and that's something like, who the hell does that? I mean, what, what, what would possess somebody? They have to be slightly deranged and uncomfortable to want to put that many like copper tacks into sheet metal, uh, you know, and it, it's, it's awesome to see that it's a different way than I process things because if I'm always uncomfortable, then, you know, I get diarrhea and then people start hating me. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> well, I gentlemen, put your hands together. Diarrhea coming to the stage. <laughs> well, well, what was really interesting to me, um, when Izzy came by the shop and said, Hey, I'm two hours early from what I told you I was going to be here, but let's have some fun. 
And it was like, okay, cool. What do you want to do? He says, well, let's build something right now. And to me, that tweaked my brain so hard. <laughs> that was that was a deliciously uncomfortable day for me because it, it totally weirded me out. And Izzy was completely at home, I think, in in the creative process of trying to to make something in one day. Yeah, that's where I live. Where, that, that's my yeah. That's my, me, that, that is was, my comfort zone. <clears throat> it was well, and, and a total freak all- show. You guys are all kind of this. I mean, Joel, this, oh, uh, you know, you, you. I so envy that. Well, and, I mean, I was going to say, you know, with Joel, your 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 process. I mean, you make the same thing over and over again. I mean, that's just you know, kind of the way you're. You have a production shop. Um, these two goofballs here. I mean, it seems like. I mean, I I know for Izzy, you know, the answer is very rarely yes. But you know, as far as Andy goes, I mean, do you guys ever make the same project again? It seems like. It seems like you're, I mean, because I'm that way. Like, I mean, you know, Izzy, when he saw my CNC machine, he's like, holy shit, dude, you got, you've made like 20 different things this weekend. Um, you know, because I just, I can make the same thing 300 times, but it's like, I, I got to do something new and cool and different because now, you know, my brain is on fire. It feels like it's melting in my head. I mean, do you guys ever like say, okay, well, I'm going to make this and I'm going to make 6,000 of them? Or is it like, I made this, I got to find something else to make. Because if I make this again, I'm going to shoot myself. Like, uh, how much of that is, you know, part of being in or out of your comfort zone. Um, I can't, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm envious of Joel because I know that uh, I have the absolute worst business model of any contractor maker guy for a living in America, you know, in the world. It's just, I, cause I can't, <laughs> I can't do I, I would love to be able to refine a process and make it more and more and more efficient like Joel does. I can't do that. You know, part of it is the inefficiency of it, of, of uh, designing, building all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I don't know. That'll, that's what will be very interesting um, talking about being out of your comfort zone when, you know, a company gives you um, a prototype model of a CNC machine and you don't know how to really work CNC's or design software or anything like that incredibly way out of my zone but I've been thoroughly enjoying it right on so I just can't believe those fools trusted you with one I can't either I've I've seen you get set up for a podcast and I can't believe anybody treated you with any respect electronically (laughs) (laughs) I mean all they had to do watch some of the videos that we recorded back during the uh, our old podcast days and they would have known like this is not the guy you want helping with computer stuff i mean this is, yeah. this is not the guy yeah uh, uh too much he uses a table saw to eat tacos this is you know we're at a, we're at a different level of evolution speaking here. of which <laughs> uh, and i hate to break away from our our topic because i literally could speak fluently for three hours on failure and and how it doesn't actually matter, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a life lesson. However, uh, I do want to ask Berkey about his, uh, d- d- correct me if I'm wrong. Did you not have a paid sponsorship for tacos? <laughs> I do. This is so, is that real? That is way real. I, um, on Instagram, we started, uh, 
I don't know. I don't even remember how it started, but I, I did a hashtag of table saw tacos. And, uh, <clears throat> because of course you did. Because three blocks down from my house is a very excellent Mexican restaurant. Yes. And, uh, oh yeah, Joel's been there. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> we, uh, I had done a bunch of work for a restaurant and they said, they got a hold of me and said, Hey man, what's the deal? What do you say we uh, sponsor tape, table saw tacos? And I said, let's, let's do it. And it has been hilarious fun. We've, we've had a ball with it. And, uh, and uh, Can you- so, yeah, I, I, I'm the first guy, the first guy in the maker community with a uh, taco sponsorship. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I don't mind. I don't mind it, expressing I mean, a little bit of jealousy at this point, Andy. I, I would love <laughs> to have a taco sponsor. <laughs> yeah, but you're talking Taco Bell. That's a, that's a barely food. So yeah, he's got an actual yeah. Mexican restaurant. I eat other places than Taco Bell. In fact, I believe you. I haven't eaten at a Taco Bell. I have, to, in, I have to pigeonhole you into the worst thing I know about you in order to make jokes. This is this is this is a comedy show to some extent. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> We tackle some hard shit here. This is I'm trying to find where I can. Okay? You're gonna have to figure out something to build. Radio DJ for a strip club all night, trying to pull this thing well, up. I mean, Mike, take solace in the fact that he still drives a Prius. <laughs> By the way, our pre-show conversation was about that, and it took. I was actually sweating through my shirt, holding in all of the Prius jokes that, I, that I've been building up. So. Well, yeah. I come to the office to record the, the, the woodshop office to record the podcast because I don't have regular internet hooked up over at the studio yet. So when I come over here, I always go pick through the trash because all the trash cans are typically filled up with pieces of walnut that are, you know, anywhere from 12 to 18 inches long. And I mean, there's really good material in there. So it's like I just open the hatch up on the Prius and, you know, like I'm carrying arm wood, an armload of firewood out to the f- fire pit, I dump it in the Prius. And I've been slowly collecting bits and pieces of, you know, quality pe- material that I can, you know, store away at the at the studio so people can use it when they come up to make videos or projects. Because I, I, I don't want to nice. see this stuff go in a fire pit. <laughs> Which reminds me, I have to get to Georgia soon because Joel is getting ready to burn enough wood to make me cry. Yes, <laughs> I am. So yeah, anybody anybody in the uh, in the Georgia southeast area that wants some scrap wood, um, cherry, maple, oak, uh, cedar, walnut, um, and fifteen other varieties, uh, mostly domestic. Um, yeah. I will be burning that uh, at sundown on uh, December twentieth. So I just there's gonna be there's gonna be a freaking tra- tempe- stampede of makers at your door on that date. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have uh, Frank from Germany is gonna fly back over and be like, uh, "Hey, uh, <laughs> that's right, walnut? that's right, Wal- walnut." Yeah, walnut? black forest walnut. Yes. I don't even know. No, the the no, I we've got. I I haven't really announced it or anything because I, nothing's quite finalized. But we're thinking about moving the shop uh in the future and it's it's pretty i'm 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 90 percent on it um and i'm not moving all that damn wood it's just not happening so the, a lot of the scraps we save throughout the year are just carcasses off of the cnc and while they might be useful to some they're they're not useful for us so we use them we literally we have a wood burning stove that's in our shop 
that heats us for wintertime. And th they get chopped up and we put them in. I have two Rubbermaid rolling uh, garbage cans and we go out there like like with the battery operated skill saw and I just start taking chunks off of these planks and then we roll them back up into the shop and then we just chuck them into the the, the thing but but since last year was so warm we I have like uh, a quarter of an acre of six foot tall pieces of uh, lengths of board and everything so I'm just I there's it cannot get cold enough in Georgia for me to burn through this as actual heat. So it's got to go. Gotcha. Um, that please don't do that. I just got I got a cramp in my my lady parts when you said that. I'm going to so Instagram a, every every one of it every bonfire we do just to see the tears roll down people's face. <laughs> that is brutal. Don't don't hurt my feelings. I'm still your mortgage guy. You are still my mortgage guy uh, for the next uh, seventeen days. God, is that real? Yeah, it is. I guess it is real. Yeah, Mike's wow. been working on a on a on a house purchase for us. My wife and I have have found some stability in the world enough that some idiot <laughs> is going to loan us money. Uh, <laughs> we don't care if you can make the payments. Right. No, I'm kidding. By the way, regulators, we make sure that you can make the payments. Um, so yeah, and, and Joel, and I just want to say Joel has been talking about you know thank you for all your hard work and all the but Joel is an incredibly easy person to lend money to. He's you know so yeah he he's gonna thank me at some point in the future for uh, doing a great job and um, I get text messages from his wife from time to time thanking me again and and it's really kind of embarrassing because the amount of work I've had to do. Um, it really isn't that much. So I just go, oh, it's no problem. It's you know, <laughs> but, and, and they go. And they think I'm, you know, I'm doing things and I'm not doing things. I mean, I'm, I'm actually writing out sort of, you know, what we're going to do on the next podcast or uh, <laughs> I'm at work drawing up things for my CNC machine. And, you know, he's over here, uh, all the work you're doing. I'm like, no, you're really an easy person to lend money to. So it hasn't been hard at all. Thank you. <laughs> so I can't believe you just admitted that. Oh, I, listen, I'm an honest guy to a fault. It's just how, I mean, you heard the last podcast. I don't, uh, I don't do that thing called not ta not talking. I don't even understand how that works. But, um, well, we, uh, I mean, as far as success and failure, so just kind of quickly, and again, you know, we have um, what I would consider some experts in the self-employed world, the maker community, just kind of everything. Um the, the biggest difference that, you know, and, and try to sum up because we're an hour and three minutes in at this point, but um, the biggest difference between success and failure, I asked that question before and I still want my answer. God damn it. So um, what is, you know, in, in answer however you like, but what is the biggest difference between success and failure for you guys? Because I know that everybody here has felt both, right? So um, what is the thing that sets, you know, sets you apart on one day to the next you know, between uh, today was a good day. Oh my God, everything's falling apart. Like what is your practice or what is the thing that you can kind of, you know, smelt down into, you know, this is the thing that you should focus on the most energy, you know, will take you from failure to what we consider success. Can I go can I start? <laughs> I'll actually, I'll give you two very funny stories. Um, the first one... Wait, do I, you said funny? Because I have the dramatic piano. Well, yeah. Go ahead and play the dra dramatic piano. So at the beginning of this uh, the summer, we released a new type of um, 
uh, a new type of uh, carpenter bee trap. And it was awesome. It looked awesome. It performed awesome. It was it was easy. And all of a sudden, I throw up on Amazon, and we're getting orders left and right. And I'm thinking, holy crap. Why didn't I do this four years ago? This is fantastic. This is amazing. And then I get a cease and disorder from the person that owns the patent to all wooden carpenter bee traps. And, and all of a sudden... My whole world was like, oh, I'm not going to be rich. I'm just going to be a peasant like everyone else. And so, so that was it. That was, that was, it was very quick. Now that was an external failure. That was a, that was a, Joel didn't look up what he should have looked up. And all of a sudden I have lawyers calling and I said, oh, my bad. Sorry for stepping on your toes. Understood. I won't do it again. Uh, So that, that's an external internally. I have projects all the time that will not work for us. As cool as they are, as fun as it would be to do these things, I cannot find the place where they will work. I have refined them. I've done everything I can. But in the end, the the success is knowing I can't go forward because I've failed mm-hmm. at doing it. And that's okay it's disappointing and it hurts like hell because you're proud of the work you've done and you know that people would love to appreciate it, but they can't, they can't afford it or they, they aren't in a position to do that. And you can't, uh, you can't, you, you can't get blood from a stone and that's fine. Sometimes your talents aren't going to be appreciated either, either verbally or 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 monetarily uh, for a certain thing so then you keep moving and you keep trying again so those those are those are two two kind of areas externally and kind of internally where things things can fail but still it be okay because again and i'll reiterate failure is not a horrible thing it just means you know something more is he andy Go ahead, Izzy. Um, <laughs> I'm writing. I'm writing myself notes here. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a tough act to follow. Um, I, I can only internalize and you know and talk about my experiences. Um, but for me, uh, much like Andy, I like to be in in a discovery mode or in a place that I'm not quite comfortable, where I'm I'm discovering new things, and it, that for me is really exciting. A lot like Mike, getting a CNC and just going crazy with that that to to exist in that type of frame of mind for me is is almost a must so i always have to be trying something new i always have to be discovering something new a new way to build a jaga a new design you know a, a, a new process for manufacturing that makes it easier and quicker um and when doing that you are going i do experience um failures where i i had this idea that it didn't work um but that's the price i pay for for um you know progressing and i would encourage people to get excited about failure um you know go out into the shop and discover something new today and part of that discovery is going to be hey this didn't work Uh, don't be afraid of that embrace it learn from it make it part of your existence and make that a good positive thing in your life not oh i screwed up this project i was really you know you know that was a great learning experience make it a positive thing for you 
you know, internalize it, remember it and, and just go out and discover the next new, the next thing. And, uh, you know, keep growing, keep learning and keep trying those things that are out of your comfort zone. Jesus, Andy, sorry, dude. You got to follow all yeah. that. You probably shouldn't have gone last. Yeah. <laughs> this is bad. I this is way bad. Good. You're about to, I, can, I can hear the momentum crumbling, but uh, good luck. <laughs> You're laughing. Well, yes, this is how we treat guests on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes when I'm rousting around, around in the maker community, I kind of get the idea that some guys feel like there's this Nirvana esque uh, place where you are so good at what you do that you never screw up. You always know what to do and you always have uh, an answer. And to me, I guess I'm kind of rephrasing what especially Izzy just said is the reality of it is, is it's the exact opposite of that. What, what it really is, is you fail, you failed so much that you can feel it start to slip off the table and it doesn't come to full on (laughs) abject, you know, trash. (laughs) Elon Musk, when he was trying to land rockets vertically for the first time, I'll never forget it described uh, one attempt as a rapid unscheduled disassembly. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that is? That's just a really cool way of saying, man, that thing went up like a can't, you know, an explosion that translates to fiery ball in the sky. For those of you not, not paying attention. (laughs) Exactly. So, so the difference to me between success and and failure really is my own headspace. And, um, for me, you know, I, I, my walks in the morning is, are a total reset. And I can't tell you how many times that I have just been, had a, had a heavy, you know, weight of failure ish type of stuff on my shoulders. And I kind of get a reset of how big, um, the universe is, how big, the sky is how little I am. And all of a sudden I go, wait a minute. I, th- I think I just figured out how I'm going to deal with it. And that's such the coolest feeling. And like these guys have sort of said, I think instead of trying to avoid failure, actually pursue it, actively put yourself in situations where you will, what some people would call fail. And, um, it's a trip, man. I dig it. It's, I'm kind of all jacked up now. I think I might have to go back out to the shop tonight. <laughs> Bring the tacos, baby. Um, right on. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I would say, and I, I've said this before, um, and you know, Andy just killed it with the last statement. So I'm going to go ahead and bring this thing to a crashing halt. But the um, it, showing up is. Yeah, I mean, for what I do for a living, <clears throat> there are some days when you get up in the car. Um, you know, on the right end, your favorite song's playing on the radio, you, you know, the temperature's just perfect, the sun's out, you're singing as you're driving down the road, you got the sunroof open, you got the, you know, the windows down, um, you know, you, you, your shirt feels good on you, like, <clears throat> just everything about the day is, you know, it's perfect, and you're ready to show up, you know, and you get to work, and, you know, the, 
every every call is exactly what you want. Every person you talk to is exactly what you're hoping for. And, you know, and, and, and you show up to work, you give it your best. And then there's days when you get up and the world starts kicking the ever-loving shit out of you right from the minute you pull the sheets back. And you still got to show up. You know, I mean, that's the and that's the difference between people for me who are successful and people, you know, who succumb to failure. Failure is not a bad thing. Succumbing to it is, um, you know, if you if you allow failure to make you stop. Um, I mean, that's that's the definition of failure. So it, the days um, when nothing's going to go your way and everything's going to fight you. And, you know, the, regardless of what you do, something's going to turn out wrong. You still got to show up, you know, and that's. If you if you show up to you know give give your best and your best some days isn't going to be good enough, um, but you know show up give your best do the best thing that you can, um, you know and, and if you're having a day where the whole world's just knocking you around then you know get through that day and wait for the next day when your favorite song is playing on the radio. So um, I mean for me that's really sort of the difference is the the times you do it when it's easy. Um, are not what make you successful. It's the times you give the same effort, and in in some instances more so. Um, you know that that really that's the difference between people who you know persevere and people that just stop. So um, you know that that would be you know if I if I had to say you know what is the for me what is the biggest difference between success and failure and and I'll apologize because this is partially rehearsed. <laughs> let you see through me like but um yeah i mean that's that's the that's the biggest thing for me so um but uh we've 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 hit about an hour and 15 minutes here so i think uh probably a good time to start wrapping things up um i'm gonna start with uh mr mr frizzy frizzy swan (laughs) which for those of you that don't know that's what he named himself on our podcast today on the uh on the shitty website that we do this on uh, yeah, we, get to, we get to give ourselves names when we jump into the to record. So we, I like yeah, to, I like to, you know, Izzy gives a different one every time. And most of the time they're not ones I would say on anywhere. Yeah. But, well, that's uh, probably good. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Izzy's actually, it's usually some version of Izzy. So today is Frizzy, which is kind of funny because it's well, been humid. But uh, Izzy, where can the folks, uh, where can they find you? As always, IzzySwan.com. Um, I want to, I want to, um, tonight I'd like to, you know, kind of push people towards Andy um, and check him out on Instagram. I think it's just Andy Berkey on Instagram. Is that right, Andy? Uh, yeah, I think there's one of those little lines in between them. Okay. And on YouTube. And, <laughs> Andy underscore Berkey. Uh, check out his Give Me a Minutes. They're they're full of valuable, high, high value content. So check those out. Absolutely. If you get a chance, poke around on his stuff and, and check out some of his work. It's, um, it's pretty incredible. Don't. Don't poke around in his stuff. Am I the only child in this group? Is that really? Yeah. That's no, no, I was thinking. Well, 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 I had to hold back, but you, since you've brought it up, uh, Izzy was talking about getting 16 to 18 inches of wood put in the back of his Prius. So <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, say it then, but I'll say it now. Uh, I, I, well, I did, the, the rest of the internet didn't see it, but I saw you hit mute when he said that. So you <laughs> you said it out loud. You just didn't say it where anybody could hear it. <laughs> wow, but, uh, it's like Joel, recording with five year olds. Be so kind. Tell the uh, tell the kind the kind folks where they can find you. Oh, I'm I'm gonna do it big. You ready? Woo! 
you, ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage. <laughs> www.makerchristmas.com. Boom! In oh, your yeah. mouth. Oh, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Does this mean I have so, to finish that website now? Well, I assume since we're not publishing for three days that you'll actually have the website oh, done. I will punch you in your face. Then. So now that we've set the deadline, go on Monday night to makerchristmas.com. Yeah. It will be and completed the and finished. <laughs> Them there be fighting words. And so uh, construction page. If you, just, you right. if you just tuned in, that's a space where you can find out more about your local makers and the items that they offer for Christmas time. And they will be much obliged if you keep that money right here in the fine US of A and uh have them uh you know feed their family a little bit. It's a it's kind of like Etsy for really cool people. Yes, and by really <laughs> cool, the people, cool kids mean hang out. That listen to this show. Right. So so uh again that's uh, makerchristmas.com. And let me tell you something. It is a ton of data entry. And if I don't get a lot of traction on that site, I am going to absolutely throw myself off of something tall. So, um, you heard uh, it here, Faust. Well, you know, tall is relative. So that ottoman well, sitting next to me is pretty tall. The, as soon as it's live, I'm going to be blasting it out everywhere, man. That, that, that it has, that has so much value and, and so much, um, Wait, it, it just—it's something we need to do. I—I I hope to get I the whole community. I have so much work it. left to do. I just got a pit in my stomach. I'm going to be here all weekend. If anybody needs me, I will be here. <laughs> so, send whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> just tell, tell, the, tell the postman it's for Mike. He'll know where to—he'll know where to go. Whiskey <laughs> and I was just uh, bacon tell you, waffles. Oh, Mike, if you have any—you know—if you get too much whiskey and there's a bunch of typing errors, just tell everybody I did it. <laughs> Yeah, let's, talk, let's talk to text. Everybody can just shut up. Just give me, <laughs> give me Mr. Berkey. Um, no, what? I didn't do it. Tell you, uh, well, that's absolutely not true. Um, but uh, tell the fine folks where they might be able to find you, sir. Well, uh, I think uh, my uh, representative, Mr. Izzy Swan, has done a swell job in Frizzy Swan. Uh, <laughs> Frizzy. <laughs> no, um, I'm most active on. Uh, uh, Instagram, um, Andy underscore Berkey. Uh, just look for the little Seymour make better icon. Um, and on, uh, YouTube as Andy Berkey and, um, or Facebook, you know, all the usual suspects, but, uh, but you know, guys, thanks. This is a valuable, uh, this is a valuable, uh, um, thing that you're doing for the community in that you're, you're going places that, uh, a lot of, a lot of places, a lot of uh, podcasts won't go, and um, that's you know, because I was, we're insane. Well, that's true, yeah. but I, I will tell you this: in the, sh I was in the shop working, uh, listening to last week's episode, and I was just screaming. <laughs> I was, I was uh, acting like I was uh, on the podcast with you. It was such good material, and um, way positive to have out there in the community. Well, huh. you, usually when people scream at us, it's it's not because it's so good. It's usually because we all took our shirts off at the same time. Is, yeah. uh, which, Wait for the photos, folks. <laughs> some people are into that stuff. <laughs> Maybe I've said too much calendar coming Christmas. <laughs> but, um, well, and and uh, for myself, um, makerchristmas.com 
Uh, that website will be coming soon. Uh, putting a lot of work into that. My manager would Monday not night. know how much time I was spending doing that instead of actually working um, in the office. But he doesn't listen to this, and I don't think he knows what a podcast is, so I'm probably safe for a little while. Um, <laughs> unless one of you rotten bastards turns me in. I know who you are. I've, I know who I've sent the links to. Um, and every time Andy's on our show, I, I spend a uh, just a ridiculous amount of time kissing his ass. Um, and, and I'm going to do that again here. So, uh, go ahead and turn off if you don't want to hear it. But, um, Andy is, if you don't follow Andy on Instagram or you're not friends with him on Facebook or, you know, tied into him in some way, uh, there is a part of your life that you are missing that you don't even understand it exists. Um, his pictures <laughs> in the morning, uh, taking walks with his dog, the things that he finds that would otherwise be mundane or overlooked or completely taken for granted that you just get a face full of every single day, um, whether it's thoughts, images, whatever the case may be, uh, there is not a better way to begin your day than opening up your phone, flipping open to Facebook, and seeing what the hell Andy is up to in the morning. Because you just have a different mind than most people I know, or really anybody I know. You just you find a way to find interesting things everywhere, um, and. I've told, I've said this before, and I know that I can speak for um, both Izzy and Joel, but I won't have to. Um, it has been an honor and an absolute pleasure to call you friend uh, and to be involved in your life and in any type of social circle with you um, in any way, shape, or form. So um, thank you very much for. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. We all have to wish Tony Rillo a birthday. Happy birthday. When is his birthday? Like this weekend. Okay. Well, this won't come out till Monday. So, um, or Tuesday or, I don't know, whenever I get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, happy birthday, Tony like- Rolo. Um, I won't say it now, even though, I'm, you know, you, by the time this comes out, you will have seen it, but there's a very special thing waiting for you. And, uh, I was very ridiculous to mine. So I apologize. I was also told that other people might see it. You'll this will make more sense later on. But happy fortieth, yeah. I think, to the man. Yep. Yeah. 40th. You see some bitch you. Good God. <laughs> Sorry. Um happy birthday, Tony. Um, big congrats and don't show anybody that video I sent you ever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Hey, Tony, he asked me to edit it, dude. It was the, uh, I've never seen that much hair. There's so much hair. (laughs) So little clothes, so much hair. So much. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) There come the waffles and bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. Just make it stop. On that note, thank you everybody for listening. <laughs> thank you, Andy, for joining us. And uh, Izzy and Jim, oh. I love you two guys. Um, thank you for uh, having a podcast and letting me be on it. We will talk to you next episode, folks. Have a good night. Thank you, so. Bye. Thank you, my friends. Bye.